Welcome to episode 83 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Monday morning. Myself, Drew Skyberg here, breaking down all the news in the sports world. And yeah, we're mostly focusing in this episode on high school football in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference, as there's only one more week left before playoffs. Now we'll talk all about it. And then also the Green Bay Packers. Not a lot of Brewers talk in this episode, as you know. They did not make the playoffs. Very upsetting end of the year for the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll be doing, of course, off-season preview stuff and all that good stuff. But basketball is on its way back next Tuesday. That is going to be when basketball starts. The National Basketball Association, NBA, of course, is what I am referring to. But otherwise, you know, there's already scheduling change, which I'll talk about right away here before we start. Starts. So what's going to happen is we have that fantasy basketball discussion with fans. As you know, it's usually like, hey, there's a draft going on that night. Let's get people together. Let's talk about some basketball. Let's have some fun. Right. A lot of people enjoy listening to those episodes. It's more of a, a low key episode. Right. And that episode actually will now be recorded next Monday night. So there will only be two episodes this week with baseball, just with like college athletes spotlight with everything not lining up with how it ideally would. We might have five episodes next week. It might be a Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday thing. And that's going to be wild. That's going to be a lot of fun. But that's kind of where it might, it might be at just based on, you know, basketball starting up. Drew's basketball crew will be starting up on Fantasia Sports as well. That's the other main announcement. But kind of that shift, that's just how it's going to go this week. Again, having, you know, it's a 10-team league. We'll be doing a draft for on Sleeper. It's a... It's a fantasy like locks lock category kind of league where it's it's really head to head points, but you lock in players after they play basically, and you only you can only lock a player in for one game. Once they're locked in, I believe you can't remove the lock basically. So, like if your player goes off, we'll talk more about it, of course, on that episode. But you know, if a player goes off, and let's say um, you're confident this will be their best game of the week, you lock it in. If they have a bad game, you're gonna wait until their next game in the week and then lock that one in. So that's it's an interesting concept done by Sleeper. I personally, I'm looking forward to it. I have a lot of optimism. Op, op, okay. I just have a lot of excitement there with it. Sorry. It's hard to talk in the morning. But I'm very optimistic about how it will turn out is what I meant. Sorry. Words. morning, Monday morning. Tough. As many know. I have had my coffee though. So we're rolling in that aspect. But let's keep going here. There's more announcements. <laughs> Uh, Thrive Fantasy is the other main one, right? If you want to start your journey to a million today, please just come on board and we will be on that. Code J2M link is in the link tree down below. Otherwise, hats, you see I'm wearing it right now. Drew Sports Crew hat, we got some left of that. We have a journey to a million. We have some of those hats left as well. So please check that out if you are interested. Again, $15 is the price for some of these awesome embroidered hats. You can't go wrong with that. Anyways, social medias. I mean, I talked about the link tree. Go check that out. That you can find us everywhere. At Drew Sports Crew is the drill. But look, I think that's kind of like the main stuff there in the announcements. Let's get right into it here. Into the world of Eastern Wisconsin Conference football is where we're going here. And wow, I mean, we had some wild games last week. And going through it, I believe I told you your game of the week was Valders and Keel or KLC and Brilliant, and both those games lived up to the hype. KLC and Brilliant, 
34 to 20 was the final there. And I guess let's go to that game right away. But unfortunately, from what I'm seeing, we don't have a lot of stats. No stats for Brilliant. But let's go through it. We don't have a game score either. I mean, we have a final score, 34-20, but we don't have we don't have how those points were scored. Basically, we're missing some stats here. But what I can tell you, I can tell you the Brilliant Lions got the job done. They win yet again. And what happened was Max Breedenbach of KLC, the Blue Bombers, 11 for 17. He was in this game. Two passing touchdowns to three interceptions there for Breenbach. He ran also four times for negative 22 yards. Did they did they take the sacks? That might be my guess, but John Kakuzi had 15 attempts for 86 yards. That's 5.7 yards in attempt there for him. Jalen Paul, Jake Thomas, and Noah Heinen were the lone three receivers with receptions. Heinen, 6 of 83 for and with one touchdown, and Jalen Paul, 4-53 with a touchdown as well. I do see an interception for Max Breenbach. Um, he had one to, on the defensive end, so he had one off of, I believe, Joe Schimmick was the brilliant quarterback in this game, and I believe they were passing a lot as well, but there's also three force fumbles is what I'm seeing, and that story for us for KLC, but brilliant, it sounds like they're dealing with some injuries, right? It sounds like Jaden Bastion and also, like, also Thibodeau of the Brilliant Lions, it sounds like there might be some injuries there. Guys might be out for extended weeks, which at this point might be the rest of the year, it sounds like, for Brilliant. So that's going to be a story, especially with them facing Valders next week. Talking again with Robert Schimmick, it sounds like in order to make the playoffs, it's going to be where you know they're going to have to probably win. But otherwise, if they lose to Valders, there still is a chance they get in. I'm not exactly sure, you know, the likelihood of them making it if Valders, if they lose to Valders, because solely based on the fact that, you know, what if other teams win around who are kind of on the fence as well? So I, I think a lot of luck has to go their way if they were to lose, but they they win when they need to here on October 7th. They win 34 to 20 again. I don't have like other stats other than that, but really putting up 34 points again is a good story, especially with the injuries the squad is dealing with. Pass-heavy approach again against KLC. I'm expecting still, even though they are down some runners, they might have to use some right, it sounds like freshmen, sophomores at the running back position. And we know how Brilliant likes to operate in the run game. I think they're still going to run the ball against Valders. I would be shocked if they were passing the ball as, as much as they did in this one. But again, going through some other games here in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. I'll take you to your other game of the week, Valders at Keel. So. History has shown, or at least the last two years, now including this year, um, Valders and Keel have played close games. It's it, that's just how it's been, and this game was no different. So Keel's up seven nothing at half, right? What happens then is Valders puts up two scores in the fourth with, and also Keel put up a touchdown. So um, fourteen to twelve was the final. Was, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Two point win there for the Raiders, but. This was a game like the game came down last year down to the wire, Valders and Keel, if you remember. And this one is no different. Just Valders is on the losing end of it. I mean, they played them tough. This is probably, you know, stats speaking. I know stats available for Valders, but like score wise and just level of competition wise, playing at Keel, this was definitely their most probably impressive conference game, even though it comes up with a loss, right? I mean, they beat Ron Colley. That was expected. But I just, I think this Valders team put up a nice performance against Keel, which 
is important because again, I mentioned they play Brilliant next week. What if you know Brilliant being injured? Um, they could maybe come into come against Brilliant and um, you know get the job done. And Brilliant's really coming to Valders, but you get what I'm saying. I'm saying like with both those squads enough. It could be a game there at Valders. So that game, I can give you some stats for Keel. Again, no stats on Valders end. Connor Faust being the quarterback, 10 for 14, one touchdown to one interception. And the story was the run game. I mean, Keel passed 14 times. I don't know if that was by design, but I don't know if that was necessarily the way to maybe win this game. Listen to these running stats. Colin Gossie, 6 for 37. Connor Faust, 14 of 95. Bryce Gullickson, 13 of 82. Harrison Zorn, 4 for 58. Connor Versi, 2 for 22. That gives them 7.5 yards in attempt. And you're telling me they only ran the ball 39 times. I I would expect, and I don't know, you know, Valor's, Valor's likes to drain a lot of clock. So it sounds like that, that would have been a factor in this game based on kind of the output here for the Raiders. But again, I would expect, I, I expected a lot more rushing attempts for this Keel squad. I would have expected 45 plus and, you know, seven and a half yards in attempt. I mean, that's, come on. You should you should win by more than two points if you're averaging seven point five yards an attempt on the ground. But the story was the receiving game. It was well for them. It was pretty balanced. It was um, Brayden April had a receiving touchdown, eight yard touchdown there, and Grant Munns three for thirty three, Colin Gossie two for twenty three, and then Harrison Zorn two for sixteen with Bryce Gullickson two for two. So not much really going there no interceptions for the Keel Raiders no forced fumbles either no sacks is what i'm seeing also i don't know if those stats were inputted but that is what we are seeing on Wisports but again the final 14 to 12 Keel survives Falders there at home and they move again Keel moves to 4 and 2 in conference 4 and 4 overall Valors falls to one and five in conference, two and six overall there. I didn't read Brilliant and KLC. I'll read them for you. Brilliant goes to three and three in conference, three and five overall. And KLC goes to two and four in conference, two and six overall there for the Blue Bombers. Let's go to another game. So I said these next two were going to be blowouts, and they were. We'll go to New Holstein, two rivers. Two Rivers 41, New Holstein 6. Again, they traveled to two, TR. Not a fun place to play by any means. It was 41 nothing end of three. And New Holstein puts up a touchdown in the fourth to make it 41-6. to six, And that was your final. It was, again, I mean, I, I've talked about this. It was the classic Two Rivers offense. I hate to you know, sound like a broken record, but the whole year, I mean, this is, how, this is what we've seen. We've seen. Klinkner throw for 15 to 20 passing attempts. He had 16 for 19. He was with four touchdowns, no interceptions. And then it was rushing wise. I mean, Matthias, it's hard to say 4.1 yards of an attempt is not successful, but you know, for Chase Matthias standards, I mean, you know, Holstein was able to do a pretty good job against Matthias 14 to 57. I mean, usually with Matthias, you'll see 14 for 140, 150, right? And usually he'll break out that long run. Not in this game. They were able to hold him in check. Only one rushing touchdown there to, for him too. Again, it sounds like I'm. It sounds crazy, but for Chase Mathias standards, right, four point one yards an attempt. You'd be you'd be happy if you were the opponent. Is all I'm saying with that. Justin Klinkner, eleven for seventy one, six point five an attempt with the rushing touchdown for him. On the receiving end, 
it was that balanced attack we always talk about. Three different guys with three receptions. It's Brady Richards, Oren Gallagher, Austin Phillips. Phillips, though, gets a touchdown in there. Matthias, two for 50 with a receiving touchdown. Gretz, seven, seven for 47 there. And then Elijah Mott, two for 76 with a, with two touchdowns there on the receiving end for him. One forced fumble for Max Matthias there for the Raiders. Otherwise, it was going on the New Holstein side. Matt Steer was one for five, as we've seen with New Holstein only passing maybe five times tops. Not able to run the ball at all. Uh, New Holstein just was locked down. Two Rivers definitely were game plan against the run, as many would against New Holstein. 34 attempts for 61 yards, 1.8 yards an attempt with one rushing touchdown there. Uh, Bryce Handel was able to do 16 of 52, though, with a rushing touchdown. And Graf, 4 for 19 for him. Otherwise, yeah, they were held in check. Two sacks also for New Holstein. Phil Casper getting one, and then Bryce Handel getting the other there. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing here for this game. Again, New Holstein tried to run the ball, and two rivers keyed on that, and they were able to stop him. And, of course, two rivers, we saw that that very potent offense, that offense that is going to lead them to, again, a guaranteed top two finish. We'll talk about it in conference and I'll give you my game preview for that game as well as many know. But anyways, Two Rivers goes to 6-0 and in conference, 8-0 overall. They've only given up 27 points this year. Keep that in mind. And then for New Holstein, they fall 2-4 and in conference, 3-5 and overall. Let's go to our final game here, and this one featured Chilton at Ron Colley at Ron Rubick Field. 47-13 was your final Chilton up 41 nothing end of half, end of the first half, and Ron Colley's able to put up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Chilton adds a touchdown of their own as well. They're up 47 nothing at one point again. So, yeah, I mean, the, the story in this game, again, was Chilton. It was a it was the balance, not really balanced attack. It was really that rush-heavy attack, but able to get – they had five different guys with five, with one reception as Max Miller went five for eight. So he threw to five different guys. He had three passing touchdowns. One His QBR was 137.5. Want to add that in there. But Jared Gell, 13 of 100, three rushing touchdowns for Gell in this game. Otherwise, a lot of a lot of people, they had to run the ball. They had a total of nine people who accumulated rushing yards throughout this game. They had well, they have six different people, though, with receptions as Hudson Ludwig threw a reception or threw for a completion as well. But yeah, just an overall very balanced game for this Chilton squad. They also got an interception by Warren Wilcox there for the Tigers. Otherwise, the story, you know, I touched on this balance attacks, right? Max Miller on the ground, res- passing the ball, and then also Gal as well. But going to Landon Halupni was three for 15 with no touchdowns, two interceptions. Braden Reimer, look, I this might be something. Uh, 23 of 171, 7.4 yards on attempt, two rushing touchdowns. Bring this up because uh, stopping the run might have seems it might have been a struggle, you know, for the Chilton Tigers in this game. And we've seen that a couple other games this year. Bring that up because they are facing Chase Mathias next week. So we will see how that turns out for them. But otherwise, I mean, Chilton definitely took care of business as expected. 47 13 again was your final in this game. Not really much else to talk about. 
more on to focus on next week, this week, just based on the matchups, based on playoff implications, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, looking record-wise, we see Chilton. They moved to 6-0 in conference, 6-2 and overall. And then we see Ron Colley moved to 0-6 in conference, 1-7 overall. Let's go to the final games of the regular season. But first, we got to do our standings and stats report. Again, I kind of went through it. Chilton and Two Rivers, both 6-0 in conference. However, Chilton, 6-2 and overall. Two Rivers, 8-0 overall. Keel, 4-2 in conference, 4-4 four four overall. Brilliant there in the middle, three and three in conference, three and five overall. KLC New Holstein, both two and four in conference. And then two and six overall is KLC. New Holstein, three and five overall. Valders, one and five in conference, two and six overall. And then Ron Colley Jets, they rounded out here. Oh, and six in conference, one and seven overall. Let's go to your stats report here. With one week left, we can kind of tell you the stats leaders as there are a lot of leads this year. I mean, I talked about maybe we could race down the end and we are not going to see one it looks like but what we got going on then justin Klinkner re- leads the way 1911 passing yards it looks like for him max breenbach in second 1336 max miller then in third with 706 so it looks like Klinkner will be your passing yard champ shocker from two rivers you're going to see a passing yard champ rushing yards Maybe a little surprise for some people considering Chase Mathias was is a two rivers raider, but Brayden Reimer, 1,103 rushing yards. It looks like he will be your rushing yard champ, barring some insane performance from Mathias or Gell. But Mathias in second there, 842, and then Jared Gell in third, 827. Um look, just look at Mathias's usage. He's been using the passing game a lot as well. So that's been that's been a story of why he has less rushing yards, but again, also less attempts as Klinkner has been throwing 15 to 20 times a game. And we've seen more from Ron Colley, 10 to 15, but Reimer putting up some great numbers this year for the Ron Colley Jets going on the receiving end. Noah Heinen of KLC leads the way 848 receiving yards for him. Elijah Mott and Jalen Paul then in second and third, respectively Mott with 458 receiving yards. And then Jalen Paul rounds it out with 427. 427 there on the receiving yard amount for Jalen Paul. Yeah, so it looks like Heinen, Reimer, and Klinkner will be your champions in the receiving yard, rushing yard, and passing yard categories, respectively. So um, we'll we'll check in on that next week. And then, of course, when we do our conference stuff, look at the teams, we'll be looking into that as well. But again, one more time here, we're going to be doing our game of the week stuff. We'll be covering playoffs as well in the podcast. Just want to keep that, that, you know, we'll talk about that more, but we will be doing playoff episodes as well. All right. Four games. Last time we got conference games in 2022 and we got some good ones here. We'll start with, well, we'll talk about Keel and the Holstein. We got Kelsey Roncalli. We got Brilliant Valders, Two Rivers and Chilton. So these games, you know, all could be, all could be good games. Really. I really think that we could see that. I think Keel though. I guess going through games, let's go through them all a little bit. Brilliant Valders, again, I mentioned the injury stuff. I think that game seriously will be the closest game this week. I know. I know I said it. Not Two Rivers Shelton. I think Brilliant Valders will be your closest game this week. Don't know about how much, but I just have a feeling, you know, that might be a one to two score game is where I'd put it just based on injuries. Again, I also, I think, you know, 
Kiel and Holstein, I, I think Kiel's got that one. But again, we've seen them make mistakes. We've seen how they played Valders. So I think that game will be very close as well. I mean, I'll put in the one to two score range, but I still think we could see Brilliant Valors be closer. But that'll be something. It just depends on how Kiel stops the run because we've seen New Holstein cannot pass the ball. So that's kind of where I'm looking at that. So I would expect Kiel. You know, I, I don't know how they're going to play it, but I think Kiel has some good chance in that game. But KLC, Ron Kelly, I have a feel, pretty good feeling about KLC in this game. However, Again, you know, they've they've struggled defensively this year. So who knows if Reimer has a big game, but I would go KLC in this one. Two Rivers and Chilton, two six and teams. This is the battle for conference. Uh, this game is being nominated for game of the week as well. You know, with WSN, we'll talk about that. So, you know, if you want to go vote on that, please go vote on it. We can see if WSN is going to be traveling to Chilton to see that game. I think that game, though, going through it, just looking how Chilton's played other opponents, looking how Chilton's played. And I, I know you can't look into playing opponents just as much, but those two non-con losses to start the year, I still think, and looking against who they were, you know, WLC, which WLC is a school that ended up actually losing to Amro, and Amro, we know, beat Valders. But, you know, it's can't really look into that that much. I, I know, I know, but I, I think... This two river squad, just based on how they performed against all squads, I mean, they dominated their whole competition. I know strength of schedule, you know, hasn't really been, they really haven't played that many great schools, but I still think two rivers will get the job done here against Chilton. And I think by, you know, I was talking with other people as well, you know, the two to three score range seems to be what consensus is saying, you know, and I, I could totally see that. But then you could also see, right, if Chilton, you know, Max Miller is a very phenomenal. He's a phenomenal athlete. Both, you know, got of course credit Jared Gell, Chilton as well, Chase Mathias, Kligner, and of course that receiving core for the Raiders. Just have a feeling though that you know Two Rivers, their defense is still the real deal, only allowing 27 points. But you gotta like Two Rivers in this game with how balanced their offense has been. You know, Chilton, we've seen some issues in terms of discipline. We've seen just some penalty issues, and just overall, you know, I. I feel like two rivers might be the most more disciplined squad, but wouldn't be surprised though. I, I know I'm saying two to three scores. We could see this game go down to the wire. I mean, I could, I could see that as well, but realistically, I, I see the two to three score um, kind of thing happening. I do think Chilton will pull it up 20 plus points. I'm not saying like they're going to get shut out or anything. I think this Chilton offense is still good enough and it's still, you know, as explosive as it is, right. We could totally see, 20 plus points put up by them, but not sure, you know, two, how are they going to stop that two rivers offense is what I'm wondering. You know, they allowed 21 points to keel again. You're, I'm can't be looking game to game, but it's, it's proven, you know, Chilton's given up some points to a Raiders squad that offensively, you know, has struggled at some points this year. Again, only scoring 14 against Valders this past week, but you know, I'd say in the 40 point, I could 40 point range. I could see, that being a likelihood of outcomes there for uh, two rivers, 40 plus, maybe on that range. Don't want to give an exact prediction, but I'll say, I'll say in the 40 to 43 range, barring extra points, two point conversions to 20 to 23, something like that is where I'd give you my prediction for this game. But again, I want a good game. I'm rooting for a good game. I think Chilton can make it competitive, but realistically that's, that's where I'm looking. And that's going to wrap it up here for the the 
Eastern Wisconsin Football Conference preview. And I want to thank WSN, of course, credit them for the stats, all that good stuff. All on Wisports.net. Their link is down below. I know I called this part the football preview because it really was. I mean, we were previewing big game here, recapping week eight. But let's go to the next part of the episode. We are going to be talking about football. More football. Yes. Yes. A football exclusive episode here, it seems. Should have ordered it like that. But we're talking about national football. We're talking about the NFL. We're talking about the Packers in London yesterday. 8.30 a.m., of course, was was the game. It started. That was kickoff. And what happened was, you know, they had their best first quarter of the season. They had the best first quarter since, what was it, week three of 2021. I'm sure people saw that stat, too. But look, then that was that Sunday night game against, I think, 49ers even, like that game last year. But as you know, my sigh, because of how the game looked, it was not great for the Packers after the first half. Look, let's go through a little game recap, and then we'll go through stats. So what happened, the scoring drives, as we know, started off as you know Mason Crosby gets that field goal in the first opening drive, 3 nothing Packers. Lazard gets that passing touchdown from Rodgers, then puts the Packers up 10-zip, and then Gano hits a 48-yard field goal, puts them the Giants on the board 10-3, end of one then. Mercedes Lewis with a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. That was a great play to see. Love the play design there by, of course, LaFleur and the execution by Rodgers in the Packers offense. 17-3 to then was the score. We're like, wow. I mean, this game, this game's looking how it should, right? Packers being eight-point favorites in London. Yeah, I'm loving it. Daniel Bellinger then gets a two-yard run, the tight end there for him. 17-10 then. We get a field goal at halftime. 20-10 to was the score. I'm thinking, right, Packers... Maybe you win by two plus scores, 17 points, maybe. And part of me was like, okay, Packers have came out slow in the second half. I think about the Buccaneers game, especially. I think that game really sticks out. But we've also seen them play poorly in the first half, like in week one. But what happened then was Graham Gano gets a field goal in the third quarter. That's the lone scoring play in the third. Pretty boring third quarter, if I have to admit myself. Uh, then what happened, right? Gary Brightwell has a two-yard run on the, after they get Daniel Jones having a dominating red zone or a full drive there. He was injured. His hand was bloody. I mean, he was it was one of his the most impressive drives from Daniel Jones I've seen. And it was 15 plays, 91 yards, eight minutes taken off the clock. Yeah, that was, that was a stinker. Then what happens? They get the ball back. Three minutes and 34 seconds was the drive and they get a Saquon Barkley two yard run in there for the touchdown. They go up 27, 20. Then what happens is Packers get that drive. They get, they, they end up stalling. I mean, the drive they needed to get in the end of the game, they don't get it. Then what happens? Um, we go, we get that safety at the end of the game because they were able to stall the game out. You had like eight seconds left. You got one play. Rogers, unfortunately was not able to make anything happen as he was sacked. I believe was, that last play by the 27-22 final. Look, a shocker in London. That which has weird things have happened in London. We talked about this on Journey to a Million, right? Weird games have taken place. Weird results have occurred in London. This game, no difference. I really think Packers beat Giants nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten. So that's kind of where I'm thinking. But going through the game stuff, I mean, the Packers did not deserve to win this game. 
And I know the score reflects that, but I always like to go in the stats. No turnovers for either squad. That's usually a rare thing to see. But Giants, they win the game in the yard department at 338 to 301. And then they win time of possession 3211 to 2749. And then first downs, they win that too, 24 to 22. So Giants, you know, Brian Dable has this Giants squad first year coach, Brian Dable, I should say. 27-22 final. Four and one are the New York Giants. I did pick Brian Dable as my coach of the year. I hate to, you know, to my own horn, own horn. Why can't I talk this morning? But, you know, four and one, um, certainly regression could occur. I mean, again, we saw the Dolphins go on that huge losing streak, huge winning streak to end the year. So I, I can't, like, talk about it that much, right? But in the stats, it it was a not so great game for Rodgers. You know, 25 at 39, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You might be like, eh, yeah, I mean, that's all right. But really, um, missed a lot of plays downfield. Uh, Randall Cobb, leading guy on the receiving end, 7 to 99 for him, 13 total targets. Lazard then has eight targets, 435 for him. Then Romeo Dobbs, 3 for 29. Robert Tunyon, 4 for 23 for him but otherwise yeah i mean receiving and or rushing side will go to aj dillon only six carries for 34 yards that that alarm alarmed me a little bit he really didn't get a lot of work kind of concerned about that uh starting him in fantasy football not a good week for me but aaron jones 13 of 63 Jones didn't have a lot of usage either. I mean, it was that those 13 carries, but other than that, he had three targets. So really not as much as you would expect for a guy of his talent. Otherwise, defensively, you know, they look good in the first half. They did only 10 points allowed, but against this Giants team, I would have thought they would have more turnovers. I just, I thought they would have played better against Jones. Jones was 21 of 27, which for him, nothing against Daniel Jones, but the, it was something. Saquon Barkley, 13 of 70. He hurt, he luckily didn't hurt them as much as I thought he would, but Darius Slayton, 6 of 79. Like, come on. Can't make this stuff up. Then they also had Marcus Johnson, 3 of 35. Richie James, 2 of 16. David Sills, 2 for 12. Like, some other guys had put up some, some plays you wouldn't have imagined there for the Giants, but look, their defense credit where credit's due they hung in there they played they played a tough game they played a good game um got credit again like overall defensive play calls and scheme as you know the pack they really took away that deep ball from rogers and i know you know i mentioned some of the throws were off but seriously they had some great coverage in some, on some plays but yeah i mean the game sounded like a home game for the packers you heard go pack go a lot multiple times throughout that game but look the final Again, was 27-22. Giants get the job done. Packers move to 3-2. and two. They move one game back in the NFC North as, again, the Vikings won yesterday at home, which was a good game against the Bears. So, you know, some weird things happened in football this past week and a game that we thought maybe was a gimme for the Packers. No more. They lose. That was supposed to be a home game. Keep in mind, they lose the home game. They go to London, and they lose it. So I'm just, just saying... Not, don't want to make excuses, but this might be a game you're kicking yourself at the end of the year about. Like, it was seriously, it was, it was just tough to see. But let's go then to the Jets, as you might be like, why the Jets? They play them next week. So 
The Jets, they play October 16th at noon on Fox. I'll be watching that game, of course, as many of you all will be as well. I like that game for the Packers. Like, you can't lose to the Giants and Jets back-to-back weeks. And I know Zach, he's bullish on the Jets. 9-8 and was his prediction, but right now we have Packers. They are favored by a touchdown and intrigued to see. Again, they're rolling with Zach Wilson right now, so it'll be interesting to see how that will go. But otherwise, the injury report right now just shows Christian Watson being questionable, and otherwise everyone else is out as expected. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the stuff here. Jets ended up beating the Dolphins last week 40-17, to 17, but, again, that was without you know Tua and Teddy Bridgewater, so they're on the third-string quarterback. A lot of injuries in that game for the Dolphins, so it'll be interesting to look at. But back-to-back, it was three straight weeks of subpar performances for the Packers. and. With that, I guess I want to leave you with one more thought before we go here. Uh, there was talks about in this game that it felt LaFleur got outcoached again. So that would be two straight weeks, if you really want to say it, of, of Packer fans feeling LaFleur was outcoached. And I just kind of want to leave the table to question, put it on the table and say, like, is LaFleur, has he been getting outcoached? I mean, these past few weeks, just I don't want to question, you know, how he's performed because again, thir- the thirteen and three records, the thirteen and four record, right? Like the records speak for themselves that there's results there. I mean, that he's done great things with the squad, play design, and, and all that good stuff. But you know, has some of that been just has he been bailed out by talent? I guess I, I'm just questioning maybe the fact that how the teams perform at least this year again without Devonte Adams, we're seeing less less talent on this team than past years, and with that, we're seeing less results and I know that's kind of as expected, right? You know, but the correlation with that, but overall the floor has not made some not so great decisions in play call play design in some, some cases. And again, some of it is might be on quarterback play as well. I guess I just want to, you know, maybe the last two weeks, like this has not been green Bay Packers standard. They usually roll through these teams, maybe um, make it less stressful, but, just want to leave that thought out there. Let me know, of course, what you think about that. But looking at it for episode 80, that is going to wrap it up here. Yeah, we're episode 83, episode 100, of course, we'll do fun stuff. But, yeah, I mean, basketball coming up. Two basketball episodes next week. We'll talk high school football next week and Packer updates. The playoff talk will be kind, it'll be just on these Monday episodes. Might bring a guest in, might, you know, to kind of change it up a little, you know, with it being playoffs, you don't. I know listening to me talk about it for 30 plus minutes might not be the most ideal, you know, but otherwise I would love to bring course guests on. So if you want to, of course, come on, talk some high school football, you are more than welcome here on Drew sports crew, but look, that's going to wrap it up here for myself on this Monday morning slash afternoon here. Again, at Drew sports crew is where you can find us on all the social media platforms. But again, That's going to wrap it up for myself, Drew Skyberg here, signing off. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.